Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. What's up, all you outdoorsy creatives? Welcome to the Outside by Design podcast, a podcast about the business side of creativity. I'm your host, Lisa Slagle, and today I am talking to an old friend of mine who's really awesome. His name is Nick Witchman, and he is an art director and creative director based out of Portland. He's a super smart, super talented dude, and uh, he's the first guy on the podcast in season three. We didn't we didn't set out to have a podcast full of women, but our network includes tons and tons of women. And so I was like, you know what, let's go pick a dude to be on the podcast. So I handpicked Nick because he's passionate and just brilliant. So if you're a creative person struggling with growth or excited about new ideas or someone who loves music and visual communication, uh, Nick is very, very high level, advanced creative with a lot to say. And this is actually my favorite conversation of the whole season so far. Uh, I think you'll love it. I really enjoyed it. And I think there's a lot of new content here that you don't hear anywhere else. So um, please enjoy what Nick Witchman has to say. So Nick, thank you so much for being here today on Outside by Design. Yeah, thank you for having me. The first thing we always ask everybody is to describe their setting, where they're at, what it looks like around them. So where are you at? Well, um, I'm currently in my production studio, which is not, it doesn't have the best view, but um, you know, I kind of have a battle station that I do all my video production and uh, creative concepting and strategy in it's kind of my zone um and but i do have two huge windows so i have natural light so it's not a total uh you know dark room um and that's kind of where i'm hanging out most of my days in portland in portland yes amazing um so guess what what you are the first dude on our podcast this season Whoa. season three yeah that's incredible yeah, I think we're like 17 episodes in and we didn't set out to only have women on the podcast in season three, but it just kept coming up that way organically. And then I was like, we need a dude. So yeah, well, they, luckily there are a lot of badass women. So yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's awesome. I'm honored. Yeah, you're our token dude this season right now. So the far. token dude. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I thought you'd be great on the podcast because you're just always creating and you're passionate and um, you seem to really love what you do. So can you tell our audience a little bit about what you do in your own words? Sure, sure. I do a lot, um, but, I, you, but I appreciate that you see all, all that kind of uh, culminating together in who I am, I think. Um, so I run a small creative shop much like wheelie but not even you have not we've not been around as long as you have uh but it's me and a partner and we 
do brand strategy through production, including like digital print and social and content. Um, and that's kind of what we've been doing for the past couple of years, which is really exciting uh, because it's, I don't know, it's very rewarding to have uh, a project or a, or your passion turn into something that is successful and can kind of pay the bills and, and fulfill you creatively. Uh, but aside from that, I also um, produce music as a passion to another creative outlet. And then I do did like my daily Instagram stories, which is, is a really fun practice for me to use my camera and produce some cool, fun, sometimes totally meaningless uh, video just to as a practice, just so I'm always making something and growing and expanding my uh, comfort and my knowledge of of uh, video production, which is really fun. Yes. And then, then lastly, we just a couple months ago, me and my music partner Trey, we started our own podcast, which has been uh, an outlet for us to express kind of the the you know the stories behind the music, um, because a lot of independent a lot of independent bands and and artists don't really get the opportunity sometimes to get in front of an audience, let alone share the rich meaning of uh, that passionate expression with them. So we thought that we would do that, which has really been, uh, it's really been fulfilling and fun. What's the name of your podcast? It's called Off the Record with Nick and Trey. Um, yeah, and it's kind of just our just our random thoughts and, and life moments during the final production of our next album, which is coming out someday soon, (laughs) as soon as we finish it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds great. I'll have to listen to it. It's fun. Yeah. And you're newly married. And newly married as of June 30th, which is super exciting. Uh, my wife Naomi is a total badass, and she is my perfect pair. I uh, <clears throat> I love your Instagram stories, and I kind of feel like I just keep up with you on the day to day because I watch yeah. your Instagram stories, um, and they're so beautiful. And I am curious, like, why did you start doing that? Well, uh, I think that a lot of us creative people are really good at getting inspired and getting driven to do something or buy something that we convince ourselves we will use creatively. But, um, like I bought my camera, which was quite an investment and I didn't want to fall into that bad habit of getting something expensive and then not using it to its full potential. So my solution, <clears throat> since I wanted to do videos and I didn't want to start like a daily vlog or something on YouTube because I feel like it could easily get out of control and become just some stupid, pointless, you know, self-focused lack of story, you know, production. I instead thought, you know, 15 second restrictions are really awesome. And what can you do in 15 seconds? It takes no time. To film, you could film for five minutes and cut down to 15 seconds really easily. Um, so I thought, you know, following following a couple of the in, the other creators on Instagram that I follow, 
I thought I would commit to doing it every day for a year. And then now it's been a year and a half and I just can't stop. So, but, but the practice is really for me to learn every bit of my camera. Um, I have a lot of friends and colleagues who have bought nice cameras and then, you know, sometimes they just can't help themselves, but put it on auto and then they're taking photos on auto and taking, they might not even be using video. And then the camera turns into the same type of uh, tool as your phone, which is not worth the money. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to be able to flex my abilities within um, my particular camera. So that was kind of the initial goal. And what, like, what have you learned in the whole process? I've learned a lot. Um, One that, and and I just did a pod, our our last podcast uh, with our off the record podcast talked about this, but the, the commitment to daily creations of any kind, it's not about what you make or, or who sees it. It's about, it is truly about you and the progress. So in a lot of people in October are doing um, Inktober, which is um, 31 days of drawing and you share it through social media uh, and, and Inktober.com. That's kind of their, I, I don't know who's doing it, but I've heard people are. Mm-hmm. And so they have like re- drawing prompts, which are really cool. So every day you can just go on there and see what they're saying you should draw and then just do it. So the, you know, the barrier to entry is really low and all you have to do is draw. Um, but the value in doing that after 30 days or after a year or after 10 years is, is so incredible that you learn about yourself and how to produce whatever you're trying to produce. You kind of learn how to, um, how to focus on your efficiency because once you learn how to do it well, then doing it for a different concept is really uh, just a, it's just a different um, exploration. And so the, the process to know how you draw or how you can shoot video or photos, that's kind of the technical side that you can, you just absorb during that 30 days or 60 days, whatever. And then after all of that, then you, all you need is an idea and you're just executing an idea within your abilities, which is really powerful. I like how you're always going on coffee breaks. I am always going on coffee breaks. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, you're like, it's raining. I'm going on a coffee break. And then you get all these beautiful, you know, outdoor shots in Portland. Yeah, sometimes you just need an excuse to do something. And that's that's probably the easiest excuse for me. Mm-hmm. Just going out and getting coffee. Do you share a mattress with someone and one one person likes the mattress soft and squishy and the other person likes the mattress to be hard like they're sleeping on the floor? There's mattresses out there for that. I don't know what they are, but I can tell you about a great creative agency, Wheelie Creative, where we know nothing about mattresses and everything about branding. I got you good. I fooled you. You thought that was going to be a mattress ad, but really it's for a creative agency. Uh, We believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops, and therefore Wheelie is a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. We do branding, strategy, content, tons of video work, tons and tons of product launches. WheelieCreative.com. You won't regret it, and we know nothing about mattresses. 
And uh, a lot of our audience is really, really outdoor focused. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed, like, you do a lot of really beautiful macro shots of, you know, nature and things. Like, how do you, how do you personally interact with the outdoors or the outdoor industry? I know you're into rock climbing. How does that work for you in Portland? Well, you know, Portland is really beautiful. It is a, a place unlike anywhere I've really been in the States, I think, um, that we're, we're centered or Portland is right in the center of, uh, this incredible environment that to the West, we have the ocean to the North, we have the Columbia river, which is insanely big. And then to the West or to the East, we have, uh, the, the forest and Mount hood and just epic waterfalls and you know, mossy forests. It's, it's really incredible. Um, so I love the fact that I'm close to everything because if I want to, if I want to go experience any bits of it, it's, there's no excuse for me not to, uh, my, my relationship to the outdoors is, is kind of more complex and I love being outdoors and I have a hard time giving myself time to just go enjoy myself. I'm always doing something and I'm, I'm so busy all the time because I make myself busy. Um, but sometimes I feel like I, if I am outdoors, it's because I'm doing something, not just enjoying myself, you know? Mm-hmm. I drown myself in projects sometimes. Do you? I definitely do. And you, so you own your agency, your creative shop is called Factura, right? Yeah, it's called Factura, F-A-C-T-U-R-A. Factura. So tell me about that. Did you work at larger agencies before doing your own thing? I did. I spent... Since 2010, I think I spent seven years here working for Razorfish, which is a big digital agency. And uh, that was great. Big agencies are great. They're kind of soulless sometimes, um, but a great way to fund your passions and live your life. Um, But once I left there, I kind of, I was kind of sick of the the bureaucracy and the um, the lack of heart that I had with some of the clients at Razorfish. Like I, I missed having really personal connections to small brands and I missed being able to make promises to the business owners that I could directly see um, the effects of those successes through them. Uh, so Factura, we founded that to kind of be, you know, to be people with souls as your, as your small agency. Um, we did a lot of work with Nike to start off and we were doing a lot of like retail video production for their stores and, um, some of their website management and design. Uh, but then since, and Nike's kind of one of those clients that's great to have, uh, but you're kind of doing work on their schedule. So it might be last minute all the time. Um, but at least we were conveying our hearts to them as our little shop. And then after we kind of tapered off with Nike a little bit, we were able to build up 
our other client base and have have those relationships with with uh, these small business own small or medium business owners to where we could um, help them realize what their goals are and help them build uh, their platforms or their brands to be successful. And it was it, it really was like if they if they won, then we won, and it's still like that. And that's kind of what we really love. Yeah, that's so awesome. It feels good. What uh, What's one of the projects? Are you allowed to talk about any projects that you're super stoked on right now? Oh, yeah, sure. One of our, um, one of our clients uh, that we're really stoked about is um, we're, we're in Oregon, so the cannabis industry is rich. It's oversatur- oversaturated, and um, we happen to have the honor of working with uh, one of the largest edibles companies out here called Groon Chocolate. Um, run by Christine Smith, who's this badass woman who who just we resonate at the same frequency she does. So she's kind of a lot like me, where she has a ton of projects, and she needs people who can help execute those projects to further the business. So it kind of worked it worked out really well to work together. But um, and her her business is thriving, and we're able to kind of help elevate everything to expand her company into other states and uh, see kind of national level success. That's really exciting. It's kind of a broad, it's not necessarily a project. It's like an ongoing, (laughs) ongoing project of just uh, creative direction and, um, and design and problem solving, a lot of problem solving. So would you say like, what would you say your ratio is? And I'm fascinated by this because the more I grow as a company and the, and the more people I hire, the less involved I am with that creative process. Mm-hmm. So would you say you're still deep into that creative process and the production and the account management? Of, like, are you doing all of it? Uh, between me and my partner, Aaron, we do we do almost all of it. So he's he is also an art director, creative director. And, uh, but he's, you know, we each have kind of our, I don't know, we have our stronger parts of us that can fulfill, you know, the money and the chasing, chasing the money, I'll say, and, uh, managing clients. Um, but yeah, we, we're a part of the whole thing. We do bring in a handful of contractors pretty often that we, have to leverage for some of the production but we try to we try to stay totally involved because then we're kind of making sure that our heart is represented through the brand's heart in the product that we're making um i don't know if it's sustainable but it's uh it's nice for now yeah that's really interesting that both of you guys kind kind of have the same skill set Mm-hmm. We're normally people who partner on an agency. Like one of them is really heavy in biz dev, and one of them is heavy in creative direction. So, I think that that's totally rad that you're mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, it's fun. It's a practice for all of it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And then when you bring in contractors, are they usually like uh, production level designers, like doing design or doing video or? you know, something where you're overseeing that production? 
Yeah, it um, the, sometimes I, I think for the most part, yeah, we have usually we're for the contractors we bring on, we bring on a lot of developers or motion designers, um, and then a handful of designers or art directors that can help us kind of build out entire websites after the concept and the tone has been established. Um, yeah, and then we can just manage that, which is which is nice, especially when you have your trusted contractors that that know you, know the brands, and just get it, which is sometimes rare. It's hard to find sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. I'm uh, um, I've been interviewing to find a new graphic designer to hire for the last couple weeks, and um, you know, like we're hiring a full-time in-house design position and it's hilarious because everyone that has interviewed is like well I don't really want to work in an office and I don't really want to work normal hours and like I'm just like oh my gosh this is this is so hard like it says an in-house position like why are you applying for this you know and uh like do you find that when you work with in-house or when you work with contractors that that's an easier model for you than uh, bringing somebody full on in-house? Hmm. Sometimes. We have had that a couple times where we have a contractor that we bring on to help with some brand development and design. And they, like the week after we start, kick off the project, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing a road trip for the next three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And what's crazy too is that when somebody's a contractor, like I love, I love talented people. I love talented, passionate people. And it's uh, usually you can see that very quickly that those two are, those are two traits that they carry. Um, But sometimes you find those others uh, and it's just so, I don't know. It's just so interesting to, to consider that this is their full-time job is being, they are their own business. When you're a contractor, you're trying to, you know, kind of find your own employment and your own side jobs all the time. And so how do you survive if you treat all of your uh, employers like that? Yeah. And, and at me as a, of course, as a creative, I understand how kind of flighty uh, creatives can be, but I just don't really have the patience for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Cause at the, at the core of, myself I too also like intrinsic intrinsically understand like that need to go explore and see things and feel free um yeah but it's you know deadline pending <laughs> yeah kind of a situation yeah it's always really interesting dealing with the stereotypes of creatives and always like oh that's not true and then you come across it and you're like oh yeah totally here here you are i found you yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do you ever feel like there's too much to do in one day? Between the work and the family and the skiing and the skiing and the mountain biking and the skiing, there's just too much to do and you don't have time to go to the grocery store, but you'd like to cook? Well, guess what? There's a solution where you can get food ordered to your door. It's awesome. But you know what's even more awesome? WheelieCreative.com. It's a creative agency for outdoor brands. We believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops. And Wheelie is a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. 
But wait, you may be thinking, Lisa, isn't that your company? Yes, it is. And I'm paying them to edit this podcast. So you get to hear about it. You thought you were going to hear about some type of food delivery service, but I fooled you into listening to another Wheelie Creative commercial. So check it out, wheeliecreative.com. Branding, strategy, design, all kinds of good stuff for the outdoor industry. How do you find that that owning an agency and doing your Instagram stories and doing all that visual uh, visual work? How do you think that helps your music that you make? Um, I you know it's funny you say that. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've I I think that the way you execute your vision or your passion or whatever your creative outlet or it's not the outlet the creative concept is whatever outlet you choose, it's all you. And so that's what's really powerful to me. And I think that um, my skill or my, I'm always going back between skill and concept or, you know, like if I'm shooting video, if I know how to use my camera, that's my skill and I just need a concept. I think that the skill of the the practice in learning your skill musically, design wise, uh, in video, that is one thing that you can kind of, is, uh, develop, but but your conceptual tool of your brain and who you are is another. And I think that uh, doing a lot of visual things is just practicing my creative tool, like my mind and my um, conceptual, I don't know, strategies. And so using that visually for my stories, I start to recognize themes and, and like emotional themes um that kind of carry over into my music because the music is so emotional all the time for me at least it's it's kind of uh putting one word emotions into a full album um and that's kind of a challenge but that's part of the the uh, skill of producing music or writing music so but carrying over those tones through all of my uh, creative outlets. That's that's kind of something that's just happening naturally. And I've even found that that some of those uh, revelations have been happening in my some of my brand developments, where I'm able to see certain uh, brand traits for business owners or small businesses, and then um, a lot of them reflect a lot of my own personal brand traits. And then it's, it's a lot easier for me to help develop their brand because I know our hearts are aligned to some degree. Um, but that's kind of, I think that that's the value of, of doing visual, uh, production and musical production. They kind of just overlap. That's fascinating. Um, I don't really know what you mean when you say you put one word emotions into albums. Well, Yeah, it's uh, it's complex. So, a song sounds a certain way, and this is this goes back to us having a podcast on our music production and the stories. Is that a song sounds a certain way, and the sound, the music itself, is totally subjective. If you don't like dance pop, or if you don't like hip hop, or whatever, you might not like the song. That's that's kind of the the first um, the first gate into the experience for anybody. Uh, this, the next one is is the lyrics, like the story they're telling. If there is a story, or the you know the lyrics tell that story or conceptually convey whatever the idea is, and now that, that's that was harder to 
express to people that, that especially if they don't like the style of music you're playing. Um, so sharing those stories is important for us on the podcast, which I've found to be really positive for us as well to really understand conceptually what we've been talking about. Um, but a lot of our songs are about, uh, it, it, we kind of do concept albums. We've been doing a concept storyline for the past four albums, which is one storyline that follows a character uh, through like kind of the end of the world a little bit. Um, so, so a lot of songs can be distilled down to just their pure emotion. Like we have a song called The Time Machine, which is about escaping uh, the problems of life with uh, like if I were to be singing, it's me. I, will, I w- would have built a time machine to escape the woes of normal life with, a, with this girl. That's the concept. But the whole song actually comes around and in our song, it talks, the, the female sings back and she talks that about, uh, you know, um, I hope you don't regret anything because if you go through time, um, you can escape the people and you can escape the conflict to some degree, but you can't escape your regrets. Uh, and then, um, so, so to, to, as a summary for that song, the whole song is just about regret, mm-hmm. you know, so just, it's just distilling it down to the simplest uh, emotion. Amazing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot of thought and confusing um, lyrics. I love that though. I love uh, how much mindfulness you're putting into, into your work in general. It's amazing. And, and just like I said, the mindfulness is sometimes the hardest part for young creatives, um, because anybody can learn Illustrator, anybody can learn Photoshop or Instagram or video, how to shoot a video, but it's it's the thoughtfulness that goes behind it all that makes it something more than just a production. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's the hard thing to train as well, you know. Yeah, um, I agree with that, and I think it too, like you're, as humans, we're always evolving. So one you know, the way we do something today probably isn't the way we would do something five years from now when we have five more years worth of knowledge. Absolutely. And I think that I think for, for a company like mine, um, me and my business partner are really aligned on, on our um, kind of our emotion, the emotional meaning behind why we do what we do. And so in five years, it might change. But I think right now for our business, and for maybe any business owner that's kind of growing and changing, setting your brand mission to align with your personal um, heart will be, when it's an individual owner or owners that align their own hearts, I guess, uh, it, it sets the company on a foundation of something real rather than something totally strategically concepted. Um, and, and the company might change with, with them, but it is it is a living and breathing entity on of its own so it might as well be grounded in something that somebody can feel i know it's kind of heady and all over the place but it's absolutely (laughs) absolutely and so i go back and forth on um i call it like being being the dentist is is how i frame it like if you're a dentist and you just decide you don't want to 
do your job anymore or you die or something something happens, then the whole business collapses because you're the dentist. Mm-hmm. You're the one that the whole business is based off of. And so I always go back to like from an agency standpoint, you know, am I trying to be the dentist of our of the business where yes, like everything that we do at the company aligns with my personal ethos and my my personal you know beliefs of setting women up for success in the outdoors and all these different things um you know so am i like am i do i want to be that dentist and most of the time yes you know as long as everyone else that we hire or bring in or work with kind of matches those values then then it's a good fit but sure um, yeah and i, I, and I actually that. think that i think that uh doing that for your company or for a company when you're higher up when you're a leader that is leadership is giving give not well i'm going to back up not everyone needs to be or wants to be a leader and there are production roles in the world that people embrace as their their passion and their um the the right career choice for them and they <clears throat> excuse me they need a leader like you that has a passionate drive to fulfill something and then they can when it's clearly uh you know established for your business a manifesto and and you live by it and die by it they can get behind that and support it and hero it and if if you did croak tomorrow it could still live because you have raised up kind of half leaders that understand your vision and then some of them might be ready because of your leadership to step up and take charge. And I think that's powerful. And it's okay for people to not want to be leaders. Sometimes we forget that that not everyone wants to start their own company. It's it's daunting and it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It is. Those are some wise words, Nick Witchman. I'm just over here. I'm just over here talking. And <laughs> <laughs> sometimes things come out that sound all right. Mm-hmm. Um. We are just about out of time on this podcast, but uh, my last thought on this is I was trying to figure out why I know you. Yeah. Because I've just like always known you. Yeah. I And uh, I know we went to college together and I'm pretty sure I have a memory in my, I'm pretty sure it was you made a, like a tattoo gun out of a guitar string. Oh yeah, that was me. That was me. That was in college. Yeah, I like watched you draw like a sword on your ankle or something. <laughs> I still have that. It's uh, that's funny you bring that up. I was just talking to somebody about they're called stick and poke tattoos, and a lot of people, especially like with the hipster culture, they really love the concept of people doing that. But they all look like crap. Um, but yeah, we that was that was in college, and I put a guitar string in an electric toothbrush, yes. and then and then rigged it up so that string would bounce up and down and then i used that our india ink from our drawing classes to, to get myself a tattoo yeah i remember watching that and being like oh my god that dude yeah. is drawing on himself it's pretty i don't regret it um it's an experience and now i have that story you know nothing matters the tattoos don't matter not, literally nothing in life matters it's all just how you roll with it and that's a positive experience for me because it was so memorable you know yeah absolutely but i don't i don't actually know where we first met but um 
I'm glad that we did. Maybe junior high. Maybe. Maybe. I remember. Yeah, I remember no- knowing you and your sister forever. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. And people need to follow you on Instagram so they can enjoy your stories at Nick Witchman. Uh, where else can people follow you and find you? Um, I do my st- daily stories on Instagram at Nick Witchman. I do uh, YouTube videos. I'm trying to do more to give resources to people who are trying to do more in their life. And that's youtube.com slash Nick Witchman. Um, and then... The podcast is the podcast is kind of focused on creatives or music production. Anybody really, it's about the creative process. Uh, Anchor.fm slash off dash the dash record. Off the record with Nick and Trey. Um, yeah. Perfect. Have a good day, Nick. You can follow Nick on Instagram at Nick Witchman or go to his website, nickwitchman.com and check him out. He's the man. Okay, bye.